Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Very little infuriates me more in the moment than losing something. If I have lost uh, the remote control for the television or my wallet or the checkbook or, heaven forbid, my phone, I become temporarily deranged and I wander around the house pulling cushions off of couches and searching through piles that I probably should have cleaned up days before and looking for that thing, whatever it is, and I know that in some crevice somewhere it is there taunting me. You idiot, you lost me. Ha, ha, ha. And then when I find it, I am, I'm so happy that I found it. And then I'm embarrassed about how happy I am that I found the remote. And if I don't find that thing and I have to go to an appointment or I have to do something else and leave the house, it gnaws at me. You didn't find that what was lost. Getting lost is something that is a recurring theme in all of our life. We remember as children getting lost and then being found by a, a teacher or a parent or some, or some big person. And as a parent, we recoil in horror as though we remember those moments when you don't know where all the little ones are. And we rejoice when we find them again. But all of us can become lost ourselves in big and small ways. There are those moments, hopefully fleeting, where we might feel a darkness come upon us, but then, as quickly as it came, it leaves once again. And sometimes there are great moments when we feel lost. We lose a job. We receive a diagnosis, a storm comes upon us, and everything we know and everything we hold dear and all of the structures that we have dutifully built in our life to protect us from life fall down. And we feel lost and alone. And we sympathize with those words of Christ that we will hear again in only a few weeks. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? We too can become lost. And so this morning's gospel tells a story about being lost. Now, the parable of the prodigal son is one of the Bible's greatest hits. We had it in our childhood Bibles. We tell it to our children. We learn about it in Sunday school Scholars have called the prodigal son the greatest short story ever told. But if we are to truly unpack the prodigal son, we need to read it in its entirety and as part of three stories, three parables that Jesus told about being lost. Jesus is talking this morning to his friends, the Pharisees and the scribes and the authorities and he has annoyed them because he is hanging out with, with tax collectors 
and prostitutes and sinners. In other words, he is hanging out with the lost. And so he tells three stories. The first is the story of the lost sheep and how a shepherd who keeps a flock of 100 sheep loses one of them and foolishly leaves the 99. Who knows what could have happened to the 99 and goes and looks for the one. And when he finds the one, he brings that sheep back to the herd and he calls his family and his friends and he says, Rejoice with me, for what was lost has been found. And the second story is about the woman and the lost coin. This woman has ten coins, but she loses one of them. So she lights a lamp and puts it on the lampstand and sweeps every corner of the house until she finds the coin. And she calls her family and friends around her and she says, Rejoice with me, for what was lost has been found. And then we finally have this great story, the parable of the prodigal son. Or probably it should be called the prodigal son, the waiting father, and the grumpy brother. And here we have a father and two sons, an elder and a younger. And the younger goes to his father and says, Dad, I'd like to leave home, my family and my community, and all that has, that has sustained me for this short life. And I'd like to go out into the world and see what is out there. And in order to do that, I would like to, you, for you to give me my inheritance. And as you might imagine, that kind of request today or in first century Palestine was a little irregular and actually quite rude and disrespectful. I can only imagine my own father's reaction if I had said something like that. In fact, ancient rabbinic writings warn against the dangers and devils in this kind of distribution. But instead of being concerned with how it might look out in society and in the larger world, the father does what his son asks and gives him half of everything, half of his own life. And you know the rest of the story. The son takes this money. This son who has his hand out and is more consumed with the material work of the world, the material things of the world, so much so that he would treat his father as if he were dead. This son takes this money and goes out into the world and lives, according to St. Peter, a life of licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. That sounds like fun. But then after all has been spent, the son finds himself broke and working on a pig farm and he covets what's in the trough. And so like a person in recovery who has hit rock bottom, the prodigal admits that he is powerless and decides to make amends to the people that he has wronged. And so he journeys home, and he sees his father, and he says to his father in a very logical way, Father, I have sinned against you, 
and against heaven, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father does something very illogical. He says, bring out a robe, put a ring on his finger, let us eat and celebrate, for what is lost has been found. It should be noted in this story that the father runs to his son. And when we read that this morning, that may have seemed like a innocuous descriptor, just another word linking one idea to another. But jogging wasn't very popular in first century Palestine. In fact, to run, especially for a gentleman of distinction, a person who owned land, a person with certain stature in the community, to be seen running was a great indignity. But when the son, his beloved, the boy he had been worrying about and losing sleep about ever since he left, appears on the road, he gets up, he jumps up and runs to his son and embraces and kisses him and welcomes him back home. All of us have been lost. All of us have those moments in our lives, small moments or larger moments of darkness and doubt and despair. And we wonder how we are going to get out of this. We look at layers of resentment and anger and worthlessness that have built up like calluses in our own lives, and we wonder, how am I going to find my way out of this? But the good news this morning is that no matter what, no matter what has happened, no matter what we have done, no matter what someone else has done to us, no matter what brokenness has beset our life, our God still searches for us. No matter what chasm has been set between us and God by our sin or by this world, our God still searches for us. And even when we feel lost and alone, God is still searching for us. And when we are found, our God brings all of the creation together and says, celebrate with me, for what was lost has been found. Amen.